The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. And your help. We invite you to have your way in our midst again this morning. Speak your word into our hearts. Help us one and all. Father, you know the next step every person here needs to take. Or the next few steps every person needs to take. To come into that place of manifestation of the things you have ordained for us. So we ask this morning as your word comes forth. Grant us understanding. Help us to be able to hear your word, understand your word, and respond appropriately and accordingly. I pray that nobody under the sound of my voice will remain the same. Particularly in this season of speed, of promotion, and of explosion. Thank you for what you are doing behind the scenes that we are not even um, knowledgeable of, but... We trust you and we believe that by this time tomorrow, there will be a manifestation of these things in our lives. So we ask that you help us to align ourselves accordingly and be rightly positioned to experience that which you have ordained for us. We give you the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped. And the believing ones shouted a louder, Amen. All right, praise the Lord. Please remain standing for a minute. Um, parents that dropped your kids in the children's church have been informed that some of you did not sign in or are in a habit of not signing in. We have a system in the children's church. You are supposed to sign in. You know, sometimes some of these things, because of familiarity, they get flaunted. So please, if you dropped your child in the church and you've not signed in, the children's church will want you to sign in. Hallelujah. Because you won't be able to connect your child after the service. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, there are many people looking for children. Hmm. We'll just donate them to somebody else. So please, if you've not signed in, um, quickly go and sign in and then you can come back and join us in the service. Help me welcome your neighbor to your left and to your right. And then you can be seated in God's presence. Ezekiel chapter 36. I want to begin to bring this teaching series to a close today. We'll probably wrap it up next Sunday, the last Sunday of this month. And um, we started talking about knowing Jesus. Let's go back to that text that we started from. We've said several things. I'm going to start this morning by just touching on a few things we've said. And then try to go beyond that very briefly. Ezekiel 36 from verse 10. I will multiply men upon you. Can I hear somebody shout in faith? This is my season of multiplication. It's my season of explosion. I will not remain as I am. Hallelujah. Particularly in those areas where you desire to have increase. This is God's word to you. I will multiply men upon you. It's always good when you read texts like this to study the backdrop. This was a desolate land. These were people that had gone into captivity because of their disobedience or rascality. 
they had come to a place where they were now eating the negative harvest of the negative seeds that they had sown. But in spite of all that, God still spoke this beautiful promise to them. So it doesn't matter how things are looking around you. It doesn't even matter the mistakes you've made. God's word to you is still the same. I will multiply men upon you. Hallelujah. All the house of Israel. All of it. Hallelujah. We don't understand all the house. We should understand all of it. The, and the cities shall be inhabited and the rooms shall be rebuilt. So he's talking to the nation here. He's talking to the city. You can appropriate that into your personal life. Into your family, into your business, into your career. Because it's the same power that will make it happen for the city, for the nation, that will make it happen into your house and your family as well. Can I hear a loud amen? Verse 11. I will multiply upon you man and beast, and they shall increase and bear young. I will make you inhabited as in former times, and do better for you. Hallelujah. Is somebody expecting that this season? I will do better for you than at your beginning. Praise the Lord. So we've called the second half of the year a better half. And it will keep getting better and better and better and better and better for you in the name of Jesus. And then he made this statement, which is what we have been holding on to. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So we've been talking about knowing Jesus. And we are saying that's the most important thing. Don't get caught up in the things that Jesus gives you or God gives you. Jesus and God are one and the same. That you are now so consumed about the things. And you are not consumed about the giver. Hallelujah. Don't get so hung up on the miracles and that's all you are after. That's what you are interested in. That's all you position yourself for. You are not even planning to know the miracle worker. Don't get so hooked up on the salvation. You are not interested in knowing anything about the Savior. Thank God for the beautiful thing God does. And God will continue to do beautiful things in your life. And will continue to teach you about how you can receive the beautiful things that God does in your life. But understand what we are saying. At the end of the day, the most important thing is for you to know him. And from this text, God is even saying, I'm going to do all these things so that you can know me. Now, for him to even say so that you can know me presupposes that they didn't know him. And that's a very interesting thought. That the people that were in covenant with him, which you and I can also relate with, because that's what we also have in a new covenant. We don't know him. A more accurate way to say it is that you don't know him as you ought. Or you need to know him better. You need to know him more. Every believer ought to be growing their knowledge of Jesus. That's what we've been talking about for several weeks. Glory be to God. L let me again touch on a few things we have mentioned. And I, I, I will start with this text. I don't even think I've, I've used this text in this teaching. Daniel 11.32. 
but the people that know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Um, so many scriptures like this one in Daniel here, let us know the value of knowledge. Hosea chapter 6, God said, my people are destroyed because they lack knowledge. I hope I will get into this in this teaching today, because what we want to look at about, the, about Jesus today is that he is the eternal word of life. He is the eternal word of life. That's a very, very powerful statement. Yeah, last week we talked about the fact that his name is the name above all names. Praise the Lord. And Peter was telling us in 2 Peter chapter 1 that inside the promises of God, which is the same thing as the word of God, we have exceeding great and precious promises that they will help us to partake of the divine nature. And by that we can escape the corruption of the world. If you don't know those promises, you will not be able to enjoy what he just said there. Knowledge is important. And of all the knowledge we should have is the knowledge of him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Very, very, very important. Those that know him will do exploits. Like Apostle Paul did exploits. We talked about um, Apostle Paul last week from Acts chapter 19. What was the difference between Paul and the seven sons of Siva? They also tried to use the name of Jesus. In fact, this is what they told the demon, or the man that was possessed by the devil, the demon. We adjure you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. But it did not work for them. May the name of Jesus work for you in Jesus' name. As the name above all names, you should not address any issue. In the name of Jesus and it doesn't respond to you positively. You and I should be able to speak to our finances in the name of Jesus and things will happen. Can I hear a loud amen? We should be able to speak to our bodies for healing in the name of Jesus and things will happen. But they could not cast out that demon in the name of Jesus. Though they tried to in the name of Jesus because they didn't know him. The demon told them, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. Who are you? So it's still about knowledge and what was missing in their lives was a deeper knowledge of who God is or who Jesus is. Praise the Lord. Philippians 4, Paul said in verse 13, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Glory be to God. May you never fail in any endeavor in your life in the name of Jesus again. But you will be able to do all things, you will be able to do exploits through knowing him, through Christ. So if I'm ignorant of Christ or my knowledge of Christ is not where it ought to be, I will not be able to do the things I ought to do. And that's why what we are talking about is very important. Glory be to God. We said that Jesus is interested in you knowing him. He wants to know whether you know him. He asked disciples the other day, who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I am? I, I've been quoting this text. Let's look at it um, a little more this morning. Matthew chapter 16. No, sorry. Matthew chapter 7. Because in Matthew 16, he asked them, who do men say that I am? And Peter responded by revelation. We talked about that a few weeks ago. So for him to be asking them, who do you say I am? He is interested in your knowledge of him. And he is interested in that knowledge, your knowledge of him, because he knows a lot of things are hinged on the revelation of him that you have. 
Remember when Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus now told him, on this rock I will build my church. So the, the church of Jesus Christ is built on revelation. Revelation. Primarily the revelation of Jesus. And then he went on to say, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. When you have a revelation of who I am. So we need to keep growing in our revelation, our knowledge, our understanding of him. Praise the Lord. Um, Matthew 7. Let's read from verse 21. This is where we don't want to be. I, I, I shared with us from John chapter 4 last week. Jesus was telling the woman at the well. I, I'm, I'm going to look at that text as well in a bit more detail this morning. Particularly since today is Fragrance Sunday. He told her, you worship who you do not know. So it's possible to be coming to church, coming to a place of worship. That woman was coming to that well. That's, that's where she was saying, ah, uh, you, our fathers have been worshipping here and everything. But you don't know who you are worshipping. It's very possible. And again, when we say that, we are not saying you have zero knowledge of God. People that fail exams, it's not that they got zero. The guy that got 20% failed the exam. He knows something, praise the Lord. But 20% is not enough to give you victory. So we are not saying you don't have any knowledge. I mean, you know Jesus, you, 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 you need to grow in that your revelation. Not everyone, Matthew 7, 21, who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Watch this very carefully. This is Jesus teaching. Not everyone. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we have prophesied in your name. We have cast out demons in your name. We have preached sermons in your name. We have done miracles in your name. We have ushered in your name. We have given tithes and offering in your name. We have done evangelism in your name. Hallelujah. On and on and on. Verse 23, and I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. So look, look, at, and look, at, look at the condemnation he spoke about them. You who practice iniquity. I never knew you. So even though they were casting out demons, they were still practicing iniquity. Even though they were, what does he say they were doing? Prophesying. They were still practicing iniquity. And that can happen. That can happen. I was counseling one of our pastors yesterday. There was an issue in the church. One of the um, uh, other churches, our other installations. I was just getting my counsel so, so, and so happened. Someone that was a leader in the church did something he shouldn't have done. And some of the other leaders were a bit concerned. That you are a leader, that you are a pastor, a director of profession, does not mean you can't go into error. And the reason why they went into error is because they didn't know him. You don't know me. If you knew me, you wouldn't have been practicing iniquity. And you are deceived thinking you knew me because you came to church on Sunday and you still preach the sermon. They prophesied. They ushered. So the knowledge of him is important. Look at what Jesus told them also in Luke 6.46. Luke 6.46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Why do you call me Lord, Lord? See, he told them they said Lord, 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 Lord. 
We prophesied in your name. We did this in your name. We did that in your name. He said, no, you don't know me. Hallelujah. So we said everybody's heart's desire should be like those Greeks that came to Jesus in John chapter 12. We would love to see Jesus. Want to know him. Want to have a relationship with him. And that's what we have in Christianity, a relationship. But it doesn't stop the day you become a Christian. Glory be to God. You need to keep growing it and growing it and developing in it and developing in it as your work with God continues. Can I hear a loud amen? And I remember something important I said again at the beginning of this series. Particularly in this generation. I was watching a program the other day. And some people gathered to eat dinner. And this one of them did, you know how Catholics pray? That sign. And the other person said, so, the, so someone now made a comment, that is Catholic. Um trying to say that the Catholics are not Christians. You know, some people have those um, arguments, and maybe they have a case for it. But you see, this is my point. We can come to church, come to a particular denomination, and get carried away with the things we do, like, and not know the person. Not know the person. And again, we are talking about as you ought. And it's about the person, ultimately. It's not so much about what you do. You can prophesy or you want to prophesy. You can cast out the devils you want to cast out. Which Jesus said you will do. He said, you don't know me. That will not be your story. That will not be my story in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. He talked about the fact that this is our ultimate destination. Romans 8, 29. Those that he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That is where we are going. Yesterday, one of our pastors got married, so we, we, we got up, well, many of us went to Ibadan, a good number of, I mean, Abe Okuta. We were going to Abe Okuta, but we got up, it was a journey of a couple of hours, thank God for our bad roads. Are you supposed to say thank God for bad roads? Okay, you get the point. <laughs> it shouldn't have been that long, but we were, we, every minute, every um, 30 minutes, every one hour, we were not where we used to be. And eventually we arrived at the wedding. And after the wedding, we were coming back to Lagos. So, as the time went by, in fact, as we were going, we got stuck at Abel, um, Ojota, 30 minutes traffic. We were not happy with ourselves. That's how you should be when your knowledge of Jesus, you are just stagnant. Because where you are going is to be conformed to the image of his son. In July 2017, you should be looking more like Jesus than you were in 2015. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? And that will take a knowledge of him. That will take a knowledge of him. There are things about Jesus you should know today that you didn't know before. That will help you to be more conformed. Colossians 1.28, I love this text. Him we preach, warning every man. Please, don't let any devil deceive you that this thing pastor is talking about is only talking to pastors. Some people have that kind of useless theology. Ah, it's just for the men of God. No, I'm not talking to men of God here. This is not a pastor's conference. I'm talking to every husband. I'm talking to every wife. I'm talking to every boy. I'm talking to every girl. I'm talking to every worker. I'm talking to every employer. I'm talking to you. Hallelujah. And the scripture is talking to you. 
that we may present every man. One day you are going to be presented before God. And is you, nobody, I'm not going to be there. You will stand before God yourself. And you will give account of your life. But look at the destination here. That we may present every man in all wisdom. He said, him we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom. That we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. I mean, I can see you, obviously, as you are now. And as I am now, we are not yet perfect in Christ Jesus. Am I right or am I right? But may you not remain the way you are in Jesus' name. That is the destination. To be more and more and more like him. Not less and less and less like him. I talked about two spectrums. On one end is the Christ. The other end is the Antichrist. The more you are growing in your knowledge and revelation of Jesus, the more you are becoming like him. If you are not growing or you are less, you are becoming more like the Antichrist. May that not be your story in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Pray with me again this morning. Throw your hands in the air. And like those Greeks that came to Jesus, say that I may know Jesus. Pray that I may see Jesus. That I may become more and more like him. Come on, take 10 seconds. Pray it your own way. Pray that's our goal. May your life look more like Jesus. Because that's where you are going. That we can present you perfect in Christ. You are not yet perfect in him. You have started the journey if you are born again. Hallelujah. In Jesus name. Keep growing. Keep growing in your knowledge of him. Let me again reiterate a few things we've said here. Talk about the fact that we know him in the place of prayer. We know him in moments of worship, in moments moment and lifetime of worship. You're just worshiping God, and God will just witness something to your heart. Nobody else had it. But that word, that revelation, births a fresh understanding of who Jesus is in your life. That will change you forever. We know him through the word. We're going to talk about that a bit this morning. In obeying his commandments, we are not rascals. Can I hear a loud Amen. If they obey and serve him, we quoted that scripture last week. Obedience is important. You find out what God wants you to do in the world, what Jesus wants you to be, and you obey. We know him in the pursuit and the fulfillment of his purpose for our lives. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. What else have we talked about? I, I love this statement. I don't know whether I gave this to you, but I was just reviewing my notes again, and it came so strong in my heart yesterday. And I, and I wrote here, Jesus is the only true constant in life. Mathematics, they talk about constants and variables. Jesus is the only true constant in life. When everything and everyone else fails, and they will, they will. You see, when we talk about the eternal word, is that constant foreverness of Jesus we're emphasizing. Every other thing is temporal. They are subject to change. They will pass away. When everyone and every other thing fails, he remains unchanged. Hallelujah. And that means he is reliable, he is dependable. Glory be to God. That's why you should know him and live your life the way he wants you to live life. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. 
Last Sunday, we talked about the place of his name, that he has the name above all names. Nothing is greater than the name of Jesus. Nothing is more powerful than that name. And when we know him, we can operate in the power of that name for everyday life. When we know him. Philippians 2 said talking about Jesus. And this is what we emphasized last week. That Jesus is a servant. Hallelujah. Jesus is a servant. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. But after Paul told us in Philippians chapter 2 from verse 3 all the way to verse 12 or so. After he told us about the way Jesus served, that he humbled himself and became a servant, he now said, therefore God has given him, in verse 9, a name above every name. So he earned that name through stewardship. He earned that name through stewardship. And what we want to take from him is we also should be servants. God has given us a word in this church for the second half of this year. Serve me. Let, let me for me, I don't know if this happens to everybody, it's not just what God tells me that makes a mark on my own life. How he tells me what he tells me matters. Sometimes it's as if I see the face of God when he's talking to me. I see his expressions. I see his emotions. When that word came to me, when God told me to tell the church, this second half, serve me. He came as if God was giving advice. Holy Joe. It was as if God whispered it to me. I'm going to tell you a secret. These six months, serve me. It's going to make a massive difference in your life. That's how that word came to my spirit. Serve me. So we are working on everybody being in stewardship in church. Not everybody here is serving God. And not everybody serving God is serving God as we ought. I want to deal with that this Sunday, next Sunday. I mean, we can't force anybody to serve God, though. Same way we can't force anybody to come to church. The same way we can't force anybody to come to church early. The same way we can't force anybody to pray. The same way we can't force anybody to do anything we teach. But bless God, we can make the platform available. We can teach people. We can encourage people. We can model it before people. And everyone will have to make his choice. And everyone will reap the harvest of their choices. That's how this thing works. May you make the right choices. And may you reap the right harvest in Jesus' name. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Let me, let me go on to where I want to talk about today. Knowing him is knowing his word. And I will come back to the fact that Jesus is a servant. Jesus is an intercessor. Jesus is a soul winner. And I want to add, okay, I've already mentioned the fourth one, that Jesus is a generous giver. Knowing him is knowing his word. John chapter 4, before we Take it up from here. Let's look at that conversation Jesus had with the woman at the well again. I think that has a lot to tell us about Fragrance Sunday. Um, again, today is Fragrance Sunday. And for those of you that may be in church, that you don't know what that means, um, for now until further notice, in this church, we take one Sunday the penultimate Sunday of the month. Please, it's not the third Sunday. Oh, those of you that kept making the mistake. It's the penultimate Sunday of the month. The Sunday before the last one. There are some months we have five Sundays like this one. So sometimes it can be the fourth Sunday. And we challenge everyone. Tell your neighbor that includes you. 
challenge you to be a soul winner. What, what you do with that is your business. What you do with that is your... And you, are, you will reap the harvest. Whatever you sow or what you don't sow, you will reap the harvest. Now, to make that possible, everybody after service, we said, go out. Based on where you are living. Take one hour, two hours. Even if it takes you an entire day, it's not going to take you an entire day. Even if it takes you an entire day to go and win souls, invite people to church, that's what we are saying. It's not too much, but we are not even telling you to use the entire day. That is not to say you should be doing it just one Sunday a month. It's just to remind you. Just to remind you. And that's the kind of conversation Jesus was having with this woman. Verse 22 again, John chapter 4. Let's start from verse 21. So Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain or in Jerusalem worship the Father. And this is very interesting. The woman thought, and it's because she didn't know God. She didn't know Jesus. So she had brought her worship to a point where it was about the mountain where she goes to worship. It was about the place where she goes to worship. Like I was saying, some people think it's about the symbols we do, the rituals we do. Every church has its rituals. Every denomination has its rituals. We have our own rituals in King's Word. Some people say that those people, they pray in tongues a lot in that church. Some churches don't pray in tongues that way. It's a ritual. But it's not so much about the praying in tongues. It's about knowing Jesus. It's not so much about the mountain where you worship. She, she, she thought the relationship with God was about a physical place. You said no. Verse 22, you worship what you do not know. Hallelujah. We know what we worship or who we worship. We know the God we are talking about. We know him. And we know that worshiping God is not about a physical location. It's not about a particular mountain. It's not about the ambience of the physical structure where you worship him. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. Verse 23, the hour is coming and now is, in other words, it's already happening, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Hallelujah. You can't be a true worshiper if you don't know him. That, you see, Jesus was distinguishing between people like him that knew the Father and worshipped God in spirit and truth, and people like that woman, that though they worshipped God, because of their ignorance of God, they had miscalculated what it was all about. And he's saying, no, God is not going to be accepting this ignorant kind of worship. The hour has now come, the true worshipers worship me in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. And then he said, and this is a revelation she didn't have. God is not a building. God is not, in a, is, is not a, a fixed to a particular place. God is spirit. Hallelujah. And those that worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. Now watch what happened here. Because there are four things I'm putting before us. I actually have a fifth one. But I'll tell you that next week. God has given me a fifth one. We said Jesus is an intercessor. Jesus is a soul winner. Jesus um, is a servant. Jesus is a generous giver. That brief conversation Jesus had with this woman and the revelation of who God is and the correction Jesus brought to her about who God is. The moment Jesus had that conversation with her and changed her perception, glory be to God, about who God is and what it means to worship God. 
and corrected her error about worshiping God. The Bible told us when the disciples came back, the woman went to the village and she evangelized the entire village. You will not see in that conversation that Jesus said, go and preach to the people in your hometown. Like he has told us, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Just, just by revealing God to her, who told her to go and witness to her village? Who told her? She caught a revelation. Now, consider her background. This was a woman with a poor reputation. Before she came to have the conversation with Jesus, she was ashamed. She had had five marriages that didn't work. Messed up background. But just one revelation of who God is. Hallelujah. Changed everything for her. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. One of the things we had said earlier on is, we talked about those disciples that the Bible told us, Luke 24, I believe, they were traveling on the way to Emmaus after Jesus died and resurrected. And Jesus came and appeared before them. And I told you, everybody is traveling on the journey of life. As it were, you and I are on our road to Emmaus. You are traveling somewhere. Life is a journey. This woman was on a journey of life. Even though she had messed up her past, five marriages, she was now ashamed coming to fetch water in the afternoon when no women came out. Bible days, women used to go together to the well to fetch water. She came all by herself because she was embarrassed and things like that. So it didn't matter the kind of mistakes she had made. Hallelujah. It didn't matter how messed up her life was. Glory be to God. Just like those disciples, when Jesus opened our eyes to the truth, everything about her life changed. And she started behaving like Jesus. She started behaving like Jesus. There is a problem, child of God. Please look at me. Look at me. There is a problem in our worship if we are not behaving like Christ. That's a big part of what we are talking about here. And that's why we are telling you, Jesus is a soul winner. There's a problem with Christians that are not interested in soul winning. Or if there's something, they don't know Jesus. I don't care how many sermons they've preached. I don't care how many times they come to church. Something is wrong somewhere. And may God fix those things for us this season in Jesus' name. Amen. Our life changed. 2,000 plus years after we are still preaching about her. Glory be to God. Our life changed by a revelation. God is not a mountain. Worshipping God is not about a physical place. You can worship God in your bedroom. Glory be to God. God is spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit. She caught that and she just started acting like Jesus. Hey, everybody, come and see this man that told me all that I've ever done. That is how it ought to be. And I, I, I'm concerned that in our generation, some people are so consumed. Hey, Jesus, heal my body. Jesus, give me money. Jesus, give me husband. Jesus, give me children. That even when they come to God, come to church, and God is revealed to them, they miss the path of going out to being like Jesus. Jesus didn't give that woman a husband. Nothing wrong with God giving a husband. Please put my point in context. Are you with me? But she left that encounter and started living, at least for the record they gave us in scriptures. Living like him. I pray over you again. May your life be like Jesus. 
Please, that's what a Christian is. A Christian is not someone that comes to church. Devils come to church. Devils come to church. The believers were called Christians for the first time in Antioch. The Bible tells us. Because they saw them behaving like Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Alright. John chapter 1. Knowing him is knowing his word. Please let's put this into all that we've been learning. Knowing him is knowing him. What in the beginning was the word. John chapter 1. And the word was with God. And the word was... Go there. Let's run through John chapter 1, a few verses, and learn a thing or two this morning. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Of course, many of us are familiar with this text. The word there is referring to Jesus. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was anything made that was made. In him was life. Hallelujah. In Jesus, in that word was life. And that life was the light of man. So when we engage with the word, we engage with Jesus. Or when we engage with Jesus, we engage with the word. And we experience life. And we experience light. Can somebody shout a loud hallelujah? Verse 5, that light shines in the darkness and the darkness comprehends it not. There's so many messages we can preach from those first five verses, but that's not where I'm going this morning. So, verse 6, they now introduce John the Baptist to us. There was a man sent from God who was John. This man came to bear witness to the light, but he was not the light. Please pause a minute and check what they are telling us here. And I think this is a very, very big lesson. There are many of us today in the body of Christ that have substituted the witness, the man, the pastor, with the word. Rather than knowing the word ourselves, we are satisfied with knowing the man sent from God. So the man of God does our praying for us. The man of God does our believing for us. And we sacrifice the privilege of knowing the word by ourselves. With the experience of having a relationship with a man of God. Thank God for the man of God. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. And there will always be a man of God over your life. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. But never in your life. Never in your life allow any man, I don't care how many dead people you raised before you, take the place of the word of God in your life. Just like that man is a person and you can have a relationship with him. The word of God is a person and you should have a relationship with the word of God. Oh, I hope somebody is hearing me this morning. That man is not eternal. Give him 80 years, 90 years, 100 years. Let's even be generous. Dash him 200 years. He will die and he will go. But the word of God is eternal. And it will remain forever. That man can never be constant like God's word is can be constant. I will never forget this story. I've shared this with us many times. We were still in Ogba Church then. 
the church was in Ogba. We were having a pastor's prayer meeting one day. And one woman ran in. Her son had died. And she asked us to pray for him. Pray for her dead son. And we did the best we could. We prayed and prayed and prayed. The boy did not revive. There was a story I read in the newspaper. That there was one pastor in... Which country was it? That somebody died. Ethiopia, I think. And the guy said he was going to raise the person. And... He laid on the man. They said they were filming that the video has gone viral now. Laid on the man, prayed and prayed and prayed. The man did not <laughs> revive. And they said there's a law in Ethiopia. When a corpse has died, um, you should have respect, dignity for the dead body. And you shouldn't just be doing anything. So the police came to arrest him. <laughs> I don't know whether they were trying to be anti-Christian or whatever. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We prayed. The boy did not rise from the dead. Hallelujah. Then the woman said, ah, let's let her go to redemption camp. Let her go to that. If she goes and Baba Deboye prays, the boy will rise again. And, okay, we encouraged her to give her money. We got feedback later. She got to redemption camp. Baba Deboye had traveled out of the country. Now, please, I'm saying all that in the light of what the Bible is trying to present to us here. Baba Deboye can never be the word of God. See, these are the limitations of men. They can go out of the country. Praise the Lord. They can go out of the country. They can fall sick. We should develop our personal confidence in the word of God for our lives. Please hear what I'm saying. Oh, hear what I'm saying. It's a pity we're having to use the example of someone that died. And that's, but that's not an everyday common experience. I'm telling you that for your health, for your finances, for your marriage... For the issues of everyday life you feel, develop confidence in the word yourself. And don't depend on a John the Baptist. Because one day they may cut John the Baptist's head. Where then lies your hope? When you focus on a man sent from God. And thank God for men sent from God. Hallelujah. I'm a man sent from God. Though. But listen, the job of the man sent from God is to teach the people to put their confidence in the word of God and in God, not in him. And we have a big problem today of people that their confidence is in the man, not in the word. They can't pray themselves. They can't open the Bible themselves and find the word. They can't. And this goes to what we are addressing. Tap your neighbor to your left and to your right. Know Jesus yourself. No, 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 no. Know the word yourself. Ah, that person is not here. You please look for someone that is interested in what we are saying. Know the word of God yourself. Yourself. Very important things they are telling us here. Verse 11. He came to his own. Still in John chapter 1. His own did not receive him. So there are people that don't receive this word of life. But as many as received him to them, he gave power to become the children of God. Who are born of, not of blood, nor flesh, but by the will of God. Verse 14, and the word became flesh. This is the mystery here. Jesus is the word of God. The Jesus we read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that died on the cross. And that was raised from the dead. And is seated at the right hand of God. Forever making intercession for us today. Is the word that we read in the Bible. He is an embodiment of the word of God. Hallelujah. 
Let me say that to you again. The Jesus we worship, the Jesus we praise, the Jesus we put our hope in, the Jesus we put our confidence in, he is an embodiment of the word of God. And verse 16 says, of his fullness, we have all received grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came by Christ Jesus. Now watch verse 18 carefully, because this is really what I want to focus on this morning. Like I said, there are so many things we can preach from all those verses. I've just tried to pick a thing or two that I think is very important and salient. But watch verse 18. No one has ever seen God at any time. However, the only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him to, to us. He has revealed God to us. Nobody has seen God. So we know God or we have a relationship with God, please catch this, through Jesus. Can I hear loud amen? amen? Without our relationship with Jesus, we can never know God. Are you with me so far? Now, Jesus is the word. Say with me, Jesus is the word. If I say it like we are saying it this morning, Jesus is, I can't hear your voice, Jesus is the eternal word of life. Somebody say that again, the eternal word of life. Let, let me show you where that came from. First John, now, we just read John chapter 1. Go to First John chapter 1. I want to make a very big statement. God told me to share with you this morning. Very, very important. First John chapter 1. So, we can't be serious about knowing Jesus if we are not serious about the word of God. Because Jesus is the word of God. The word became flesh. How do we know Jesus from the word? Is it important to know Jesus? Yes, because nobody has ever seen the father and will ever see the father. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. So the more I know Jesus, and please put what I'm saying in the light of what we are teaching in this series. Don't tell yourself, well, I'm born again. I already know Jesus. That is the beginning of the journey. Can I hear a loud Amen. Don't stop your journey there. I got up to go to Abeokuta today. I did not stop at I mean, Abeokuta. I didn't stop at Ajota. My destination wasn't Ajota. Don't stop at New Bath. Continue growing in your knowledge of Jesus. And the more of the Father will be revealed in your life. Praise the Lord. To grow in your knowledge of Jesus, you need to grow in your knowledge of the Word. Because Jesus is the Word. You can't know Jesus if you will not take time to know the word. Oh, hallelujah. First John 1. Read with me again from verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our hands. Again, he's talking about Jesus and the word. You'll see that in a minute. Which we have looked upon. Say with me that I may see Jesus. Say looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. Hallelujah. We have seen with our eyes, we have looked upon, our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The word of life. Life there is not your everyday human life. Life there is referring to the God kind of life. Hallelujah. May you live the God kind of life. May you experience the God kind of life. May your testimonies be like the God kind of life. You see, there is plant life. 
there's animal life, and there's ordinary human life. But Christians are called to partake of the divine nature. And the only person that can make that possible is Jesus. And he does that by the word because he is the word. Hallelujah. The word of life. The eternal word of life. The unchanging word of life. Dollar rate may change, but Jesus will never change. The situations and circumstances around you may change, but Jesus will never change. So we don't live our life based on dollar rate. It can change. We don't live our lives based on the do- um, circumstances and situations. They can change. We anchor our lives in Jesus. And that means anchoring your life in the word. And please, this is not the word of everyday life. It's the word of the God kind of life. What this word reveals to you and I is the life of God. Hallelujah. Let let me go on here because of time. Verse 2. This life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life. Hallelujah. Which was with the Father. And was manifested to us. Watch verse 3 very closely. That which we have seen and that which we have heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It's all about knowing him. It's all about the relationship with God. And that relationship works when you engage in constant and consistent fellowship. But watch what he said in verse 4. These things about the word of life, about Jesus, about the Father, about the relationship and the fellowship and knowing God, we write these things to you that your joy may be full. Hallelujah. I speak to everybody that is sorrowful in this house. May your joy be full. I speak over everybody that has a burden and a depressed spirit. May your joy be full. I speak over someone that is going through one pain or one problem or one insurmountable mountain. May your joy be full. This revelation of God, of Jesus, it makes you live a fulfilled, joyful life. You don't have it, you can't live that kind of life. Hallelujah. In this world, there will always be tribulation. And if you are not careful, that thing can depress your spirit. Just going around carrying a sad spirit, carrying around a sad countenance. Because Monday there was one calamity, Tuesday there was no. You are living on the human level. And all the time, you have been invited into a fellowship, a communion with God the Father through Jesus Christ. And all you need to do is to just be learning and knowing and seeing and just growing in your knowledge of God. And, it, and you do that through the word. Hallelujah. And it brings you into a place. Hallelujah. It's as if you are living heaven on earth. And it makes you joyful. Praise the Lord. Now, catch this. Please, this way I'm going. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Tap your neighbor and say, look at pastor. Look at pastor. Without the word, without the eternal word of life, that Bible you are carrying up and down the place, or that you keep under the pillow in your bed, 
or that you read every day and meditate upon. I'm sure I have some witnesses in that category as well. Without that word, you can't know Jesus. Do you understand that from all that we've read? I can't hear you. You have that so far. But please watch this. And I think this is where many of us miss it. Without knowing Jesus, you can never understand this word. It's an amazing mystery. Let me say that again because I think it just flew over some of you. Jesus is the eternal word of life. Without the word, and specifically I'm talking about the written word of God, you can never really know Jesus as your Because it's through the word that the word Jesus will be unveiled to you. But listen, without Jesus, you will never know this word. There is no Bible school that can teach you the word of God. There is no pastor that can teach you the word of God per se. Only Jesus, through the operation of the spirit of God that dwells inside the believer, can really reveal the word of God to you. Hallelujah. That's why, you see, someone can go to Harvard and read biology and read chemistry and know it very well. They can even build rockets. But they can't read the Bible. And they, in fact, they will mix up the Bible. They will consider, they will, they will. That's why we have highly intelligent people that they don't know the Bible. Because it takes Jesus. Hallelujah. And it takes knowing Jesus to even understand the Bible. It's not a matter of mental acumen. No, the Bible is not newspaper. It's not more than biology. It's the eternal word of life. Hallelujah. It's, it, it's a person. Glory be to God. Yes, when we read it, we see Jesus. And, I mean, we quote scriptures when we read it. But without knowing Jesus, that woman at the well did not go to a Bible school. Hallelujah. She didn't go for any Bible training. Glory be to God. But in a brief encounter with Jesus. Hallelujah. She just started living out the word of God. Without Jesus, we can't understand scriptures. We can't. Praise the Lord. So, I want to tell you this morning by the Spirit of God, don't just read the Bible or be hungry for the Bible or study the Bible alone. Beautiful, you should do that. And that will teach you a thing or two about Jesus. Glory be to God. But please hear me and hear me and hear me. Let me begin to close this morning. Know Jesus. Be interested in that relationship that you have with Jesus. Fellowship with him. In the place of prayer. In the place of worship. In the place of meditation. Know the person. The, the, the person. The individual. Of Jesus. You already have a relationship with him if you are a child of God. Know him. And remember what we said, another major thing we said earlier in this series. The revelation of Jesus is given so that we can be like him. Be like him. After that encounter at the well, that woman that had five failed marriages, that was ashamed one hour ago of her life, that most likely was depressed and saddened with a negative testimony of why is my life like this, just one encounter with Jesus. No Bible school, no Bible training, no laying of hands, hallelujah. She went and she just became like Jesus. Speak to our community. There are people that have been in Bible school for 10 years. One soul, they have not invited to church. 
know Jesus and understand that when anything about Jesus revealed to you so that you can be like him. Hallelujah. Be like him. Be like him. And that's what I'm focusing on or God is focusing on with us in this series. There are many things we can talk about when we say let's know Jesus. But we are focusing on this dimension of embracing his exemplary lifestyle. Jesus was a model. He was a template. He was an example. And if you truly encounter him, like the woman at the well, consciously or unconsciously, you just start behaving like him. And there is a problem. I don't think I can emphasize this enough when a believer is not behaving like him. Look at this text again. Let me begin to close. Glory be to God. Let, let, let me read this to us. First Peter 2.21. First Peter 2.21. For you, for to this you are called. I've shared this with us, but I want to read it again. Because Christ also suffered for us, and this is where we are going, 1 Peter 2 21, leaving us an example. Leaving us an example. Do you know what an example is? Praise the Lord. Something you are to follow. Someone you are to follow. Leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. What Jesus will have done should be what you and I are doing. Oh, hallelujah. Matthew 4, 19, Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Look at me. That's what it's all about. Praise the Lord. That's what it's all about. Following him, being like him. So he had the conversation with that woman, showed her a thing or two. She left that place and she went to invite everybody to Jesus. Follow this example. That's what a true revelation of Jesus is. A true what? So listen to me, and this is where I'm, I'm, I'm saying this over and again. There is a problem with the way some of us are doing church in the 21st century. Oh, we are interested in the miracles Jesus gives. We are interested in the healing he gives us. But being like him, we are not. And I'm telling you, child of God, there's a problem with that life. You may not see it now. I'm telling you as your pastor, God told me to tell you. See, there's a road that leads on to life. Oh. I mean, there's a road that it leads, but the end of it is death. It's not a good road. There is a problem. If you are a Christian... And your life doesn't reflect him. And God is challenging us. Walk on that. Experience transformation in that regard. For a season, leave the things you want. I know you want God to pay your debts, Pastor T. But focus on just walking and being like Jesus. God can handle the debt. Hallelujah. Some of you are looking as if you don't like what I'm saying. <laughs> Praise God. I know I have about three or four friends in the building. Let me close. So we said, number one, Jesus is a soul winner. That's what that woman at the well did. Soul winner. A revelation of God was unveiled to her. And her circumstances did not change. They didn't tell us she got husband. 
They didn't tell us he got children. They didn't tell us he got money. But they told us that he invited people to Christ. And that's who Jesus is. And I'm telling us we should live like this. Jesus is an intercessor. Those of you that don't pray, and when we call prayer meetings in church, you are not joining. Change. Say, I receive grace to change. Jesus, we've shared scriptures about this. I don't have time. I want to close with one more this morning. Number three, Jesus is a servant. Everybody in this church should be serving God in one capacity or the other. That is the Christ-like, Jesus-like life. The not serving God is the anti-Christ life. Hallelujah. And please, for those of us serving, Pastor T, do it better. Because this is it, do it with better quality. You should not be serving God in 2017 the way you are serving God in 2016. There should be improvement. Maybe you want promotion, Pastor T. Ah, God, I want promotion. No, serve him better. I want speed. Serve me better. I want explosion. Serve me better. Service is the key. God told us. Now, let me balance something here. Please hear this. Hear this. We can say things like this in this church because we've taught you grace. Your service will not save you. Your prayer will not save you. Hallelujah. Your giving will not save you. The Bible tells us we are saved by what? Grace. And I think it's where some people get confused. The unmerited favor of God is what saves us. But please catch this. Catch this. If we don't serve, we will not experience that grace as we ought. If we don't give, we will not experience that grace as we ought. See, because the completeness is you are saved by grace through faith. So our stewardship is an expression of our faith in the grace that has been made available. Hallelujah. I don't have time to teach that this morning. We've taught that over and over and over and over again in this church. Glory be to God. Say with me, I receive grace to be more and more like Jesus. I see Jesus. He's been revealed to me through the word of God. And as I deepen my walk with him, he reveals the word of God to me. And I'm becoming more and more like him. He's a soul winner. You should be involved in soul winning. I ask the ushers, we are not going out collectively today. Because of rainy season and other things. And we, need, we want to have a leaders meeting, pastors and leaders meeting that we'll talk about after the service. But I told them to give everybody three flyers. Invite people to church. On your own. So, it's not just about us going out. You yourself. We, we've talked, and talked about this for several months now. Get involved. Pray for people to be saved. Let me close with the fourth one. Say with me, Jesus is a generous giver. And I'm going to close with this. We'll continue from there next week. Acts chapter 20 verse 35. Acts 20 and 35. We've seen Jesus as a soul winner. And I put here in my notes above all else. He died that we may be saved from our sins. Till today, he's still reaping the harvest of souls. Let's get involved with him. He's an intercessor. He's a prayer. A driver drives a prayer praise. He's a servant. He's a generous giver. I have shown you in every way. By laboring like this, we're going to study this text in more detail next Sunday. 
that you support the weak. Labor like this to support the weak. And remember the words of our Lord Jesus. <laughs> this is Apostle Paul speaking to the elders of the Ephesian church. And he was now summarizing Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in one statement. Glory be to God. Summarizing all that Jesus preached. Summarizing all that Jesus taught. Summarizing all that Jesus did. Remember the words of our Lord Jesus. We are telling you that Jesus is the word of life. He's the eternal word of life. Before verse 35, we studied this next week. If you read verse 32, this is what Apostle Paul was telling them as he was leaving. This is why his final words, I commend you to the word of God, to the word of grace. I'm commending you to the word of eternal life. This is my recommendation for how you should live your life. By the word. Hallelujah. It's able to build you up and give you an inheritance among those that are sanctified. You will not miss out on your inheritance in Jesus' name. He now summarized the words of Jesus in this statement. Hallelujah. And watch. You see, when I teach like this, I try to distinguish. He didn't say Jesus was a soul winner. He didn't say Jesus was an intercessor. He didn't say Jesus was a servant. Look at what he told us. Remember the words of our Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. What he told us here is that Jesus is a giver. How do I know that? There's a Bible principle I've shared with us in church severally. The position of God is the dispensation of God. Now, let me break down what that means. What we see in the scripture, which is the word of God, that's the position of God. It is the state of who God is or how God is. God cannot be telling us the words of Jesus, the position of Jesus can't be telling us you are better off giving than receiving and Jesus won't be a giver. Oh, hallelujah. Did somebody get that? For Jesus to have summarized or for Paul to have summarized the words of Jesus with it is more blessed to give than to receive tells us a ton of who Jesus is. John chapter 13. The final supper. The Bible told us from verse 27. Jesus told Judas, whatever you do, go and do it quickly. When Satan had entered Judas to so go and um, betray Jesus. And this is what the scripture said in verse 29. Some thought that because Judas had the money box, that Jesus said to him, buy those things that we need for the feast. So, one thing that they said Jesus used money for was to buy things they need. That is normal. But look at the other thing they said. Or that he should give something to the poor. That tells you a lot about his character. He told someone, go and do what you need to do. Send someone on an errand. And everybody in the room assumed he's sending him to buy what we need. Everybody does that. But the second thing they said, go and give to the poor. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to close here this morning, but listen to me. When you hear the word of God, when you come to church, when you are a Christian, like we all are, I come to church regularly, watch out that the life you lead. Listen to me carefully. And the life you live looks like Jesus. 
Watch out for it. That's what we are teaching here. That is the transformation you need. So everyone under the sound of my voice, I'm not talking about how much money you have or money you don't have. I'm telling you, Jesus is a general giver. Your life should reflect that. Your life. I, I don't care how many debts you have. I don't want to say it that way. I do care how many debts you have. I'm actually believing God with you that those debts will be canceled. Can I hear a loud amen? So let me rephrase that before someone disconnects now. The same pastor should stop telling people you don't care. I care. I, I, I actually care. I, I care. I'm, I'm, I saw someone before service this morning. I knew he had made a request to church to help him. I called him, how much is left? And all that. He has said making progress. I said, I will help you this week by God's grace. Your own turn has come. I care. But there's no money church will give you that will help you. More than you becoming like Jesus. There's no money anybody, any government, any business partner can give you. There's no breakthrough contract you can have. Don't be deceived by the money that will benefit the quality of life you have. Like you becoming like Jesus. There's no. There's no. So as your pastor, I'm teaching you. I'm beseeching you. Be like Jesus. And when you read this eternal word of life, understand that the goal it is really communicating is not just to give you a miracle or a blessing. It's to do for you what Jesus did with that woman at the well. After you leave that encounter, your life looks like him in one way or another. Did you get that? Rise on your feet. Let's close this morning. We'll take it up from there next week. Leave the the preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 00640. 